Hi, it's Dave. Welcome. Today I'm joined by Farzad Mizbahi. He runs a YouTube channel. How's it going, Farzad? Good, man. How you doing, Dave? Thanks uh, for Good. having me back. It's it's been a minute, but thank you. I'm yes, excited. Yes, um, exciting stuff. Um, Farzad uh, covers Tesla. He is an ex-Tesla employee, um, now a full-time YouTuber, and um, interviewing some great guests. And wanted to have him on my show to talk about the latest in Twitter, Tesla world, Elon Musk, um, lots and lots of drama. We'll go ahead and share kind of our thoughts, our thinking, but also you know, open up for some questions or just some ideas for people to think about. So Farzad, um, how has the past few weeks been with all this drama with Twitter and Tesla and Elon Musk? What drama? What are you talking about, Dave? It's been nothing. It's been completely <laughs> silent. It's been, uh, whoa, what, what a uh, what a different phase of the company's trajectory, huh? It's been, it's been very, very unique. Yeah. I think um, there are some similarities. If I think back to my investing time, you know, you and I both have been in the stock for a long time. There was a period of time where <laughs> the majority of, of time being a Tesla investor for me has been kind of like, it kind of sucked. <laughs> it's been like navigating through a lot of noise, a lot of tumultuous times, a lot of up and downs. So it's almost like we're back to the to the mean of that sort of, uh, I guess, uh, dynamic, but it's, it's a brand new dynamic. It's one where uh, the company is now very profitable, but it's much larger and it's leader. It's very much in the public eye constantly. He bought Twitter. Um, he's very free and open about sharing his opinion. And we can have a whole debate on that. You know, you know there's just so many things going on. So it, it's a very different dynamic. And especially in, in a bear market that we're in now with a lot of recession talk and the macroeconomic environment. There's just so many different things that it's, uh, I think, influencing not just the stock, uh, but the perception. And yeah. uh, you put all those things on top of each other. Uh, it's just it's added this brand new dimension to the uh, to the I don't know to where we are right now as investors and fans of the company and, and fans yeah. of Elon Musk. And uh, yeah, it, it's just weird. What what's how are you perceiving it? Yeah. So, I mean, talking to you right now, it brings me back to, you know, 10 years ago. So it's been over 10 years since, you know, I put the vast majority of my net worth into Tesla and been holding it. So of the 10 years, if you think about it, um, it was just the past like two years or so we had this big, you know, actually maybe 2020, right? The past two and a half years or so we've had a big run up in Tesla stock. So in my 10 plus years of holding Tesla, you know, seven and a half years or even eight years, was a completely different experience in the past few years, right? We've had this big run. Um, it almost felt like Tesla could do no wrong. Elon could do no wrong. Um, everything was, you know, kind of um, optimistic. And now we're hit with kind of a speed bump a bit. We have, you know, it's Twitter drama. We have a, a, the same Elon, but a different type of Elon. You know, he's mm -hmm. venturing into more of a political, um, social, field and that's um, causing a lot of discomfort and it does remind me a little bit about um, you know some other times of some patches of rough patches in Tesla's history 2000 maybe 18 or so um, but this is yeah it's a different um, different I guess stage of, of Tesla's history Tesla's a mega cap company Elon is now the richest person in the world so um, second yeah, the, yeah yeah actually the second <laughs> Um, Shout out Renault. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I think having kind of a, a tenure uh, thing to rely uh, fall back on, it it doesn't really. Um, it makes me where I feel not 
too emotional this time around. Um, it's yeah, things are things will things will get better. Tesla will do fine over time, and ultimately, I think the whole idea that the product uh, leads the company, meaning how good is Tesla's product? How much will they have a competitive advantage over its competitors over time? Will that competitive advantage grow or not? Are they expanding into new markets? How large are those markets? Those fundamental questions are actually quite strong right now still. Tesla has good answers to that. And even with Elon's kind of the noise around Twitter and stuff, um, it doesn't change, I think, the fundamental long-term story of Tesla. And I think that's why you know I go through this noise and drama. And yeah, I don't know. I have a, a pretty... Um, I'm pretty calm and just, you know, uh, collected during these times. But yeah, I understand that those who have more of a, a shorter kind of history with Tesla, it, it can be the vast majority of their holding time can be the big ups and big downs and lots of drama. And that is, yeah, that could be very, very stressful, I think. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's that's what I've been sort of hearing now that I, you know, I've, I've been able to have this platform and sort of, you know, the DMs come in, the comments come in. And of course, you know, I try my best to sort of try and help folks, you know, navigate through the time or at least help them analyze the situation a little bit better. Um, I can totally see how this time it's, it's can be super, super stressful. And, and I really, I try my best to empathize with it because uh, could there be things I could be done, say from an Elon standpoint or a Tesla standpoint to try and and just make the waters less rocky and just less intense. One could argue, yes, I, I, I really do think so. But to your point, I think that the fundamental story of the company uh, has strengthened. You know, it's 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 operating from a from a position of strength. Twenty one billion in cash, probably twenty three, twenty four by the mm -hmm. end of this quarter. Uh, basically, no debt. Uh, governments pumping all kinds of incentives, especially in the U.S. with the IRA next year. Um, so, you know, and you think about outside of the Twitter noise that's happening mostly in the United States, uh, the rest of the world, I don't think a lot of this noise really applies to, but there's still that sort of that variable that says, is the best noise, no noise, right? If we go back to sort of uh, Elon Musk's way of thinking about um, first principles and, you know, the best process is no process. The best part is no part. The best noise is no noise, right? So I think the recent... Twitter stuff, him taking over Twitter and him. Um, I mean, I, I'll very openly say that I do think a lot of his, uh, a lot of the latest rhetoric on Twitter from him is divisive. You know, it doesn't matter if I agree or not. Mm -hmm. I think there is a, a different sort of dynamic that has opened up with him being more open, either if it's his beliefs or he thinks it's some sort of way of trying to capture the different side of the aisle for whatever reason. Um, it's some of the commentary is alienating, uh, the other side that doesn't <laughs> really agree with what he says. Whereas before, to me, it felt like the messaging was a lot more, was more humanitarian, more human, right? We're going to advance the world to, uh, uh, of sustainable uh, transport. We're going to advance the world towards sustainable energy generation. You know, I, I love humanity. I'm doing this yeah. for humanity. But now it's like, prosecute Fauci. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. even though if it's joking or not, it's it's very, I can totally see how that yeah. uh, can create a very different dynamic. So what I'm trying my best to do is like, okay, let's assume that is truly a, uh, a nugget that's driving, say, a, a brand damage for the company, or people are going to cancel their orders, or people are not going to 
uh, buy Tesla in the future. I'm taking those things as an investor. And what I try to do is, okay, let me try to test out that, that thesis, right? So I talk to random people when I'm walking around. And I live in Austin, right? Like the Austin area. So my sampling bias is, is, is you know, there's definitely some bias there. Mm. But I try my best to see, okay, what, what are people saying? Are people really following this thing? And by and large, my findings are is that a lot of people just don't don't have the time to follow the story that closely. And when you ping them on the product, they're like, yeah, no, I heard it's really cool. I heard it's the safest car that can drive itself. Oh, would you ever buy one? Yeah, probably. You know, I'd definitely be a part of my consideration. And so what I'm starting to find out, this is my research. Please don't take me as gospel. But what I'm seeing, and I encourage everybody to do a similar level of research if you really want to uh, research from this sort of, from this investing thesis, is um, that I think people that can afford to have uh, their say their the, how their morals operate and how they think of of a, of a, of their worldview like their worldview and how they think about a specific topic if they can afford to put that in front of a cost benefit analysis of living their life then i think the latest rhetoric from elon could impact the population like that that population to purchase the product but it seems like that percentage of the population is is quite small and then you flip it to the other side and then you have new people that are being attracted to the story because of that divisive rhetoric, right? That maybe perhaps they never followed the story before. Mm -hmm. So this is the kind of stuff I'm finding out through my, as I'm waiting this recent yeah. time, but I don't know, are you doing anything from yeah. your end? How, how are you viewing this thing? I mean, um, okay, so lots of different angles. Sorry. I mean, you, bring up the, <laughs> yeah, no, you bring up the angle of like brand damage, right? And um, yeah, is kind of, Tesla, uh, Elon's uh, Twitter involvement, his stance on political issues, is it hurting Tesla's brand, which can be hurting the company if it does? Um, I think it's an interesting question because um, I think on one hand, you could make this argument, oh yeah, Elon's turning off a small percent on maybe the extreme left side, but then he's like gaining some extreme right side or just, I would say extreme, but just on both sides of the aisle, maybe he's you know ostracizing some, but also you know winning over some. And maybe it equals out. Like maybe that's like the argument. But I think um, there's um, there's something to consider, though. It's like the question is, why did the poll, in a way, backfire for Elon, right? The stepping down as CEO. Um, I, I say that backfire in a, in a sense that I don't think he was planning on stepping down as CEO, if, or else he wouldn't have you know spent all this time in the past you know month or two to be CEO. So I think the the poll was unexpectedly. Um, uh, it had unexpected results for Elon. And so we have to ask that question, like why did the poll turn against Elon? And it, the question is, could Elon be, and could Tesla bulls and people who who see it more optimistically, can they be underestimating the company, the brand damage to Tesla, Tesla even, right? Mm -hmm. If they're, they're underestimating the the general public reaction. Sure. I think there is an argument to be made that, that um, Twitter in a sense, like, you know, the former Reddit CEO founder, Alexis Mohanian, he was saying, you know, to be a CEO of a, of a social media company is kind of, you need to be head of state and also head of business. And the head of state is this kind of very nuanced, you know, you have to say the right thing and appease the right people. And then you also have to do business. I think with Twitter, it's like Elon's got the business side. He's got the tech side, the innovation. He's proven it over and over. He knows what he's doing, right? He's going to revamp the whole product on the innovation side. And I think that's 
you know, Elon's MO, his, you know, mode of operation, his way to do it is proven, but he's never been in a, in a, in a role that's required such nuanced, almost politics slash, um, um, uh, uh, it's a different role that, that, that it's a different um, approach completely. Yeah. A CEO of a social media, or it's almost like a, a nation, right? T Twitter is like almost many nations put together. Um, and people get very, very riled up about, you know, things um, in a, a nation, you know, in politics. Sure. And you need to say the right things. You, need, you do need to give the right messaging. And, you know, I, I, I question if, yeah, if Elon was ready for that role, you know, to handle the other side, the non-business side of Twitter and its, and its ramifications. And I think the poll was um, kind of evidence or a result showing that, yeah, there's, there is a, a kind of a blindside area that Elon's not seeing, which is this nuanced political, social ramifications of his actions and stuff. Um, I think he's underestimated. And that's a good question. I mean, yeah, what's, what is the brand damage to Tesla? You know, I mean, yeah. maybe there isn't much, but, um, I, and it's hard to tell unless we have empirical data, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Your, your it just seems like one of those like right now that that seems to be dominating a lot of my at least my viewers, you know, and, I, and I'm trying to really try to have an ear open for everybody who's following the channel and my and my platform is like, okay, I don't want to just ignore <laughs> people's concerns. Like I'm actually going to go out there and try to do some research. Um, what I find interesting, though, is that you you really think that the that the poll like that was a, a surprise for him, because I feel like I feel yeah, like he yeah. expected it. You, you, no, don't, don't, you don't think like, so? When you when you lose a poll 57 to 43, that's not even close. You, you know, sure. the reason why also is like when a poll starts and people start looking at the other side and then you tend to vote the other side to make it closer. Mm. So actually, like if it was a blind poll, I actually think it could have been worse. You know, wow. it's because you see the results actually polls tend to get closer. And so, yeah, you're not going to do a poll if it's a landslide against you. I mean, that's just, yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, I, yeah. I mean, I guess from that standpoint, maybe, maybe I'm like, if I'm Elon and I'm taking over Twitter and Twitter, I think, you know, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying this is sort of how I viewed the, the platform is that it does it, definitely seemed to have a bias towards one side. And then if you, from the second you take over the platform, you are, dropping rhetoric that is against that side are you really surprised <laughs> that it's that you're going to lose the poll so that's that's where i'm coming from yeah. um but but if it was really like maybe i, I guess that's how elon his brain works i guess is like well i you know maybe he's reasoning well folks are going to set the emotional stuff aside and they'll be able to see that hey this is more existential than just how you feel or what your worldview is that we really need to get rid of this you know quote unquote woke uh, woke mind virus or whatever you know you want to call that uh, dynamic yeah. um and and perhaps that's where his surprise and that's maybe there is a gap in his ability to uh, judge people's emotions and, and and where people land on a moral spectrum and on a spectrum of uh, worldviews and and how they view how you know how people live their life and how they view the world. So um, it's uh, just fascinating. It's okay. so fascinating right. to watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side as a hypothetical yeah. type of thing and and pose it to you. It's like what? Okay, a few few kind of more questioning things. What is this so-called woke vi mind virus? I'm I'm saying it a bit sarcastically for a second. For sure. Yeah. What is this woke mind virus thing that Elon is so focused on? 
that he makes it more important than Tesla, right? Um, and why doesn't he define it more clearly, right? And why doesn't he lay out a clear, actionable plan that people can get behind? Like, if he's taking more of this engineering approach to all of these problems, why doesn't he apply that same approach to the so-called woke virus? Why does he leave it so vague, open to mm. interpretation? Shouldn't it be clearly defined with, you know, numbers, of actionable plan, exactly what he needs to do, a master plan part, step one, two, and three, and, and execute off of that, it seems like it's just this haphazard thing. Oh, woke mind virus is this is this thing that no one can agree upon exactly what it is. And then what's your strategy? You just, you know, it's like, it seems haphazard. What do you expect the results to be in that case? I mean, okay, what's what's your take there, man? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree 100%. And this is, I think, why so so many people are maybe like, like a little... Like frustrated, not even frustrated, just like what the hell is going on? Because it's mm. not, it's not an engineering approach that he's shown off so many times in his course as a business leader. Like, forget it as an individual, as a business leader. And so, you're a hundred percent right. Every every single other thing he's put together to to tackle the business dead on, which is what Twitter is ultimately. It's a business. To, exactly to your point, this is how we're going to do it. Master plan part one, part two, part three. This is how I'm defining every single piece. This is how we're going to solve it from an engineering standpoint. But it's clear that since he's not doing that, it appears that to me, it's, I don't know if it's maybe if I say stuff like this, it's going to draw people to come to the platform. And ultimately, I want the platform to grow its user base so we can have as many differing opinions as humanly possible. And I'm going to be I don't know, a sort of, I don't know, scapegoat or maybe he, he views his role as I'm just, I'm going to be the guy who breaks the ice. Mm. I'm going to be the, the, uh, a, a voice from a, um, I don't know, from a call it a pedestal or whatever. And the upper echelons of society that is going to display, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. So you should yeah. feel free to come on here and share your opinions. But then at the same time, do you recognize that you are the CEO of the largest <laughs> automaker yeah. in the world by value, which is also a public company? And, yeah. and is that part of your thought process? If that's the angle he's taken, or it could just be, hey, I'm Elon Musk, the individual, and this is my opinion. You shouldn't have to worry about what my opinion is when you're thinking about my products. But then I think yeah. expecting having that expectation for the public is where I think there is a gap because again, there's a segment of the population that it's not just about the products. It's about what they believe in. It's yeah. about what does the product stand for? You know, and that goes back to my sort of comment around having a hug around humanity with the advancing the world to sustainable transport. We're all in this together. We need to solve AI safety. This is who cares where you're on the political spectrum, but now it's yeah. like, okay, but I picked the side. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fine. I, I think I, there's definitely different things going on. I mean, um, there is probably a over a underlying kind of theme of Twitter, like, you know, Elon saying on the path to bankruptcy, him needing to turn it around. So there's this, you know, sense of urgency. Um, I think probably the bigger long-term objective or thing that he's seen is he's seen, you know, freedom of speech uh, being tampered with. And that was pretty much the big reason he wanted to, you know, correct and, and get into Twitter is to, to allow free speech to flourish. So thus you're preserving the democratic institutions, right? That um, are grounded upon free speech. So if you, if you have a low value of free speech in society, then you threaten the democratic institutions, which are built upon that free speech. Therefore you threaten the future of humanity. So in Elon's mind, I understand that very clearly. He's like, okay, 
if we don't protect free speech, we have no humanity to go to Mars with, for Tesla to have a sustainable future with, right? So we need to preserve freedom of speech. The question comes back to like, how do you preserve freedom of speech, right? And um, I think his typical, his approach the past few months has been this whole thing, well, I'll speak up, right? And I'll, you know, and people will, will backlash at me, but I'll show the example of free speech, right? And try to preserve that on the platform. The problem with, with that approach in a way is, um, if he was to speak up and there are more moderate issues that, you know, that are in the middle, then it's like, okay, fine, you know. Um, but when you speak up and you, you, you speak up and you take hardline stances on one extreme side, right? Yeah. Uh, to kind of, you know. Uh, right or wrong, right? Right or yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to rile up the other side. I think what Elon needs to, and, this is maybe out of my, you know, so-called uh, bounds of, of, of what I should influence or say. But I think Elon should be careful where he should be careful of who he's learning from and what models he's he's learning from. Almost ninety-nine percent of the people who are speaking up on divisive political issues, taking one stance, they're all going to be people who benefit from having the other side riled up against them. It's on purpose that they're actually the, taking extreme sides to actually make it more divisive so they get a stronger following and then they get people against them which define their following and make their following even stronger. Like there's an example of, um, there's this article story I read about Rush Limbaugh. He's like this conservative radio sh uh, talk show host for decades, huge conservative following. Every you know talk show, he would start out rambling like an hour, just making all these crazy like you know hardline conservative yeah. stuff, and then take all these calls. And then um, there's this article. Some guy was saying like he was with, with Rush Limbaugh. Says, "Oh man, you've run such a successful you know talk show. Do you really believe the things that you're saying?" He's like. No, you know, it's all for, it's all for the views. It's all for, you know, to get more people. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> and, it's Dude. Like, and it's like, what the heck, right? And yeah. that's the thing. You can't be tricked to thinking that, oh, these people really believe, right, in all these extreme views. And the, the reality is they all have their own so-called models, business models, where they say certain things they, um, that benefit right? The growing of their followers and they piss off people and they like that because that makes more people follow them. And their business model is on divisiveness, right? It's yeah. they want to have large enemies so they can have even more so-called followers. And if 99% of the people who are really taking hardline stances on political issues run with this model, this business model, this is the whole, you know, politician model. Um, there's a big chance or likely that Elon has been influenced by that model. Meaning he's like, oh, you know, maybe I should speak out on, on, on divisive issues too, in a sense. But Elon's business model has no, like his business model is different. It's on innovation, right? It's on true change. It's on really right. you know, progressing right. uh, society and actually our products and business. And so um, I think the better model for Elon would have been, and hopefully we'll see if it could change, is to speak loudly about mo uh, issues that that the, the middle, the, the moderate issues that that um, aren't so divisive that people can agree on. For example, freedom of speech—that's something people can agree on in the middle, 
you know, like right. government not coming in for censoring, you know, censorship that people can agree on, right? Freedom, freedoms, you know, personal liberties, like this people can agree on, right? In the 80, 90% in the middle can all agree on that. Those are the issues that Elon can speak on. The reason why 99% of these, you know, loud people on politics, they don't cover those issues is because they're not divisive enough. You know, they're mm. not going to get the, the, the crowd that they need, right? Therefore, you go right. to the extreme edges. And that's kind of, um, yeah, I mean, it's a problem. I mean, and it's, it's a thing, like, how, did, how do you learn how to navigate that when you don't have many models or examples, when all of the examples are on the extremes, right? And um, yeah, so yeah. it's a tough one. Now. Yeah, it's, it's just that it, he's, he's a disruptor first and foremost, and he'll disrupt anything. That's what it seems like to me. It doesn't matter if it's mm -hmm. physical, societal, just the way he, he's just chaos. <laughs> the dude's just chaos, you know? And I think he, I think he relishes in it. I think he, there is no way, you know, like if we go back to SNL and his opening monologue, yeah. I built a rocket company and an electric car from scratch and I make reusable rockets and incredible bubble technology. Do you really expect me to be a chill, normal dude? Well, yeah. now we know that's not the case. <laughs> now everybody knows, definitely not the case. But I, I do agree. I think, I think the, the 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 time that we're in now is that I think the Tesla brand. So, by the way, what you just said is brilliant, and and I really like the way you've outlined that because I've never thought about that before in that way, and I really it really helps me think through this time. And then you, on on top of that, you layer on the complexity of Tesla brand and Elon brand for what seemed like the longest time was one, you know, it was one thing. Yeah. And now like we, I think what we're starting to try to find out, I think is like, okay, so are these two actually linked up together or are they two separate things that can live on their own? And mm -hmm. one brand, which was the Elon brand, which was, I think a very aspirational, it was maximally aspirational for the majority of the population has now, I would argue very strongly, and I think you're making the same argument, has now diminished dramatically. Like it went from maybe 80% to whatever one side of the opinion set is that's going to be very passionate about that or people that are able to just focus strictly on the business aspects and they're able to, you know, kind of like, uh, break down the individual into its complexities because we're all we're all very complex. But when you have somebody that's so vocal about one set of the uh, one one of his complexities yeah. is it just makes it very, very, very difficult, uh, especially for somebody that's new to the story to really try to sift through it. And there was another thing that I that I watched recently. Um, Breaking points with Crystal and Sagar. Are you familiar with that yeah, um, yeah. YouTube channel? Uh, so I try to watch it because uh, you know I just that's how I keep up with current events and stuff. One of the one of my one of my signals. And then mm -hmm. uh, the person on the on the on the conservative side of yeah. the aisle. So his name's Sagar. He made a comment that said, um, e you know, even today, like I, I want to say, you know, look at all the cool stuff Elon's building, but it's like I'm afraid to say because he's acting like such a you know, D word or whatever word you want to use for yeah. that, right? He's just not, he's, he's not, it doesn't seem like he's acting in a way that's going to maximize his ability to have the best personal brand possible. But at the same time, like we just talked through here, maybe he just doesn't care. Maybe in his head yeah. is like, that's the sacrifice I'll yeah. take to get the world to where it needs to be. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've been thinking about the whole SNL intro a, a lot lately, every day it kind of pops in my head and it's not just the, the thing of, you know, him having Asperger's, but and not being a chill guy. But um, yeah, my family has like a lot of uh, kind of 
you know, history with Asperger's, I know it very well. Um, one of the challenges is kind of a challenge uh, or challenges with um, awareness of situations and how it impacts people on a nuanced level. You know, it, it, it can be very difficult. And I think that's kind of showing a lot in the whole Twitter um, kind of drama issues where, um, okay, here's where I think um, here's here's what I think could happen, but I don't think Elon's the right guy to make it happen because I think he's challenged with that nuanced kind of awareness of how how things uh, impact people on a relational social level. Um, and what I think he, the path is, you need to go with the moderate crowd first. So let's divide up the political spectrum into six parts. Okay, so let's say you have three on the left, three on the right, but let's say um, the, the middle two are the most moderate. They're not really loyal to anything. You start out with those two, two quadrants and you, you try to grow those two quadrants into four. So you have four out of the six. You leave the, the most extreme left and most extreme one six out of it. So your goal is to move from two out of the six to four out of the six, right? And to influence and to dominate kind of the influence in that category. And the way you do it is you start out with foundational values that, that, that people believe in and that are, are, are held true. So you start out with freedom of speech. You start out with personal liberties. You, you talk about you know, you know, uh, restricting government censorship. You, you talk about these core issues, grow it to four to six out of the quadrants, leave the extremes. You know, it's point, those extremes are almost pointless to try to win over. And what you do is you need to be nuanced in how you, you speak in terms of you speak strongly, but you don't try to tread into the, 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 the I would say the garbage that is talked about in the one, six extreme areas. You leave that garbage for the, those extreme, you know, people, I would say those extreme people, but there are great people in those one, six extreme. It's just that I don't think it's realistic for someone like, let's say Twitter C or Elon to actually try to win them over. Um, and I think that's part of the, the, the problem is there's no strategic plan to really approach it like that, right? To save, mm -hmm. to preserve freedom of speech, go after the middle, you expand it to hit four out of six of the quadrants and you hit the foundational values over and over with speech that's strong, but it's nuanced enough where even the extremes are kind of like, okay, do we agree with you? You know, like freedom of speech yeah. is important, whatever, right? Um, that's how you move and preserve freedom of speech. You don't try to side with, you know, two six of the most extreme, whatever one side, that's just going to divide and you're not going to be able to push forward, right? The values that you want everyone to, to latch onto. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like you need like uh, uh, <laughs> like what, what what I'm thinking of when you're describing that is like the perfect politician would be that. <laughs> so it's almost like can we have like is that the model person to almost uh, be Twitter CEO in a sense or or be in that leadership role? But then the other side of me thinks too is like maybe in his head, like maybe in his head he just doesn't think what he's saying is that extreme because he yeah. feels like there is corruption and he feels like and has seen that there is a dynamic with a segment of the population that is that is truly going to hurt society long term. I mean, my yeah, god, if I yeah. lived 1984, you know, I I read it I read it recently 
everybody's like, you got to read it. And I read it and I'm seeing, you know, the Twitter files again, it's, it's not super exciting, but there are some things in there when I'm like, holy crap, like the thing that came out uh, a couple of days ago with the FBI literally paying Twitter, yeah. sending them a bill for censoring people. I'm like, okay, that seems super messed up. So it's not like it's perfect. And perhaps, I mean, perhaps there's a vil- validity to it, but it's like all about approach and execution and getting buy-in from as many people as humanly possible to make it happen. And at the same time, and again, this is up for debate and, you know, it's not up to me to decide. But then if you have a public company that has a 43% retail investing base, like, is that part of the equation as you're trying to move this forward and trying to retain free speech or fix free speech and get rid of this quote unquote woke mind virus that nobody knows what the hell it is, right? So it's yeah. like, okay, that's that's another thing that's it's dubious it's there's a lot of clouds right now and there's a lot of fog and i think that's what's what's very interesting about this and i think time will tell i think time will tell what what this whole thing is gonna turn out to be uh but as sure as hell looking back to this time we're gonna be like what the hell happened like what happened this is crazy it's crazy (laughs) what's happening right now um but i think talking through it is the the most important thing and and like espousing the morals that that elon's pushing for freedom of speech diversity of thought like the last thing we should do as a community or an investing base is like ignore that this is confusing and weird and at worst extremely damaging right yeah so i think the the redeeming thing or the a very noble act that i think Elon did, which I was very impressed. Is he, he did the poll, and he did the poll on a day that I don't think was the best day to run the poll. Um, <laughs> uh, did you hear about them Twitter banning Paul Graham? Um, that oh day? yeah, that was from the from the policy change they made about yeah, the link yeah, with, thing, right? Yeah, yeah, about linking out. So Paul Graham, for those who don't know, he's kind of like this legend in Silicon Valley. Um, he started this. Um, incubator called Y Combinator. And it's funded thousands of companies like Dropbox and Airbnb and all these. He's basically the father of thousands of startup CEOs. He's like one of the most influential people in tech. And his personality is very, very soft-spoken. It's very, very cautious. And he's very, very um, thoughtful. And he would never do something that would get him banned off of any platform. He's like the last person because he's just so careful and so like, you know, meticulous. Sweetheartful. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically like, everyone loves him, right? Like you have, ten, you have hundreds of thousands of startup CEOs who love this guy. He's like the, he's like one of the, the godfathers of, 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 of tech and startup world okay. around the world. Um, and so with Twitter's uh, policy change, they actually banned his account. And I think it could have been by accident, but he, he said, basically, I don't like this policy change. Find me on Mastodon, right? And they banned his account. And Dang. all these people just went crazy, like in the startup land, because not just people, we're talking about like CEOs, like Reddit CEO and all these other CEOs, like big yeah. investors, like who, who've been mentored by Paul Graham. Um, and that's just one of many things that happened that day. Um, and then they reversed the policy change. And then Elon gives this poll on that same day that all of this <laughs> happens. <right? laughs> so, he's like trying to maximize his chances to like, exactly. for this thing to be, yes, get the hell out of yeah. here. <laughs> so it's like absolutely probably the worst day for him to give the poll. But I, I give props to Elon that how many people who you spend $44 billion, or at least, you know, you, you, you pony up, uh, big chunk of that yourself um you're held liable for that you know um and 
you're working your butt off, you know, all day to, to turn around this company, but yet you have the, the, the sense of mind and the value where you understand that you could be wrong, number one. And number two, that you will, you will actually um, uh, kind of step down and you, will, you have yeah. enough loose hands that if you give it to the people to, to you, you give it to something, to someone, right? Um, to, to make that decision over you. Right? Not many yeah. people, given the opportunity to, to not have those things, like most people would say, forget it, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. But Elon has a sense of mind, this value where he understands that, um, yeah, he could be wrong and he's willing to, to let it all go if he has to, you know, um, if that's the best yeah. thing to do. Um, so to have that, I mean, that's, that's remarkable. I, I, I give props to Elon. I don't think there's any CEO that would do it like Elon, what he did. And yeah. in that sense, I think that this could be the redeeming, the turning point actually for uh, Twitter, for any impact, you know, negative toward Tesla, et cetera, where, um, yeah, I think Elon has a good chance of finding a great CEO who can navigate the nuanced kind of, you know, stuff that requires, um, that Twitter requires, but also handle the engineering. Elon still has impact and influence over the company as this primary principal owner. So I think he'll get it done at Twitter. And I think this will be a great lesson for Elon. He could work his, you know, still be active in whatever ways he wants to, but as not the CEO of Twitter, it's less of an impact, the statements he makes, right? Um, and right. he might feel less urgent, less like compelled to, to tweet all this stuff out because he's no longer CEO of Twitter, you know, someone else is in charge. So he, he could yeah. be more chill. Um, so yeah, I think it's actually positive news that, uh, not necessarily the poll results, but that Elon had the sense of mind to make the poll and yeah. to have a, a quick pivot and to put someone else in charge and see what happens, right? Um, as long as yeah, it follows so through, as long as it follows through, and and then th yeah. that there is that th there's continued open humility, right? And I think that's that's I agree with you 100% that humility aspect is going to be extremely important for him. But but if I think back to the arc of Tesla, so so what are two other times where I saw Elon? pivot and show humility model x right he came out as like yeah this was kind of a hubris experiment we're really sorry we'll get better from here and then the other one was the model 3 ramp yep we freaking fluffer bot and we just we were just dumb and we're really sorry it almost bankrupted the company but we, we're going to figure it out right so those were two but these were business these were business this was a humility from a business standpoint as a business leader to the investing yeah. base, to the customer, to the employees, right? This is different. This is, uh, it needs to be a show of humility from, okay, my messaging as a human is I understand how it can be divisive. And of course, I am entitled to my own opinions, but perhaps I should have handled it differently. But then, of course, you're going to have a percentage of the population. And this is where I'm conflicted. They're going to be like, but what if he's right? But what if he's right? But what if he's right? You know, he's a problem solver. What if he saw this and this in the long term is going to fix it? You know, what if yeah. what if I'm thinking about it incorrectly? And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? He is. He has shown a, a great sort of ability to go 20 years into the future or 10 years into the future and figure out what needs to get solved now to get there. And so maybe we're blind to it, but I just, part of me says, boy, like I, I would have done it very differently, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not actually, Elon Musk either, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would actually disagree in some ways um, okay. where I don't think Elon needs more humility, actually. Um, okay. Yeah. And the reason why I, I say that is because um, 
the the strength one of the strengths of Elon is he strongly believes what he believes in, and um, you he you need that confidence like you that this you know this is going to happen I believe in it. Um, he has a way of doing things that he believes in, and he and I like that. You know, I I don't want him to second doubt what he's doing or how he's doing it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess what um, I'm saying is like is more like just uh, it, it, be open about uh, be open about taking a different approach. Like still be confident, right? But maybe yeah, like it, yeah, thing, maybe it's a different I word. I don't think Elon really could have taken a different approach with Twitter in a in a sense um, because of his personality and his makeup. Meaning, okay. I think this was pretty much the only way he could have done it. Um, I see what you're saying. He's, he's Elon. You can't really change a person that fast dramatically. I see what I mean, you're saying. He's going to do what he's going to do. This is how Elon Musk does things, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah. you can't tell him do it something, do it differently, because that would be telling him not to do what Elon does. Right. I mean, he, he, there's a, a scope of what he can do. Sure, he can adjust a little bit within those those guardrails. But you yeah. can't tell him to do something outside of the guardrails where that he's not it's not possible for him to do because he doesn't believe in it. Got he's it. not confident in it, right? So he's doing what he believes in. And sure, there's slight adjustments, but I don't think it's the adjustments that that is it he I don't think he could have done things that much different. I see what way. you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. So it's more like more like just finish your finish your route. <laughs> Get to the it's, end. <laughs> well, actually, the 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 awesome thing that humility comes when you're like I could be wrong. Vote me out if I'm wrong. Like that's see, the humility, right? It's not necessarily like being someone that he can't be. It's more like Fair. okay, I'll, I'm out. Then I'm st I'm stepping down. Like, that's the humility, and that's where I'm like, I like it. I I I I think Elon is humble in that sense, and that's his that redeeming kind of quality in this whole Twitter yeah. saga and noise. That I yeah, I agree. I'm hoping that it'll pay off and it will hopefully yeah. you know change things around. Yeah. It definitely could be a spring because, I mean, you think about it, you think about it the other times, like who are the people that you most respect in your life, right? And I think back to like individuals that I really respect are the ones that that showed that humility, that were like super, like had a lot of redeeming qualities and then they were making uh, perceived or real mistakes or where they're going down a path that didn't seem correct. And, the, and then they had the willingness to be very raw and open about, okay, well then you guys make the decision. I'll allow you to judge me for who I am. And then we will make adjustments based on that. Right. Yeah. I think that, that I a hundred percent agree with you that that could be a very big redeeming quality from an individual basis. Now I do think a, a small percentage of the population will be alienated forever, but it could draw in a, uh, uh, a population that, very much could offset that 10x because that is such a human thing. It, we're all flawed. Sure. None of us can do anything correctly, right? 100% of the time. It's just when you're at the... One of the things I've learned in my career is the bigger responsibilities, the, the bigger your mistakes. The bigger the, the stage, sure. the bigger the mistakes. And this is a perfect example of that. As a human, Elon has a huge stage and he's making huge moves and it's rocking the boat. Uh, to, for a lot of people, but that's what happens when you have that much influence and power. And I think ultimately his biggest redeeming quality, in my opinion, is that I still feel like he has humanity's best interests in mind. Sure. It's just, uh, it's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird and it's tough to tough to navigate through. But yeah. it's also what makes it like think about all the learning lessons we're going to gain from this, and think about just how, how big of a variable this was in, in the arc of Tesla. And yeah. as an investor, as somebody who follows a, the storyline of somebody who's very successful and is building all these things, boy, what a data point. What yeah. a data point do we have now for the future, you know? Yeah. It's wild. It, 
another kind of interesting thing to think about is one of Elon Musk's strength is his strengths is his his quick decision making ability, where he makes quick decisions. Like he'll get the info, and what would take like days and weeks for another person to decide, or they'll have committee meetings and all this stuff. Elon will make the call, knowing yep. that he could be wrong, but he's probably right. And if he's wrong, there's still opportunity and chance to correct it. It's not the end of the world. Right? It's better to move quicker and make occasional mistakes than to be slow and then kill yourself right? With, by the slowness. Yeah. And exactly. he's, he's done this with thousands and thousands of decisions right? <laughs> on a daily basis, basically with Tesla and SpaceX. It works with innovation and engineering and running the companies in, in that culture. And I think you know, when you move it to Twitter, he operates this, he's not going to change. Like he's going to make quick decisions. Sometimes he's going to be wrong, but he's counting on the times he's wrong where he could pivot and change. Um, but I think where Twitter uh, was challenging is you had the business tech side, but you had this state of nation politics type of nuanced social side. And that like, um, you could tell him, oh no, be more cautious or more careful, considerate of these people or this point of view. But Elon's whole mentality is quick and fast, you know, fix it later if, if it goes wrong. Um, we can't move slow. So personally, I don't even think like it's necessarily like Elon wasn't open-minded to hear from people around him. I just don't think that that's Elon's way of doing things. He wants people to give him data, right? And yep. so he can make a quick decision. And then if it's wrong, he'll make a better decision, right? And yep. so in that sense, like I personally you know, like some people are like, oh, Elon could have done better by making more considerate tweets, by listening to people more or whatever, whatever. Uh, I don't, I don't see it, man. <laughs> I mean, Elon's Elon, he, his strength, strengths are his strengths. Let him be, let him do what he does. Um, yeah. And yeah, when he's wrong and he has, he's proven to have the sense of mind to bring it to a poll on Twitter of all things. Right. And to, sure. and to be replaced. Right. And yeah. Yeah interesting yeah stuff. no for sure for sure yeah it's uh it's just crazy it's crazy it's yeah crazy crazy yeah. stuff um <laughs> what do you think i um, could go on on this for like a million years and yeah, i'm like okay yeah. like but yeah, yeah. you're the, I mean, you're the I, interviewer I, I, <laughs> I think some of the stuff is interesting to think about because it, it could give us some insights on what will happen in the future for tesla and twitter right um yeah. so what's what's in store um for Tesla and for Twitter in 2023 and beyond, you know, does Elon get tangled into a Twitter mess and drama even more, even not as CEO, does he still get, you know, does he still make all these political tweets? Does he still cause so-called, you know, undetermined, let's say brand damage to Tesla? Does yeah. the stock still be impacted through his actions? I mean, what's your take kind of like on those questions there? Yeah, that's those, that's a phenomenal question. So the the way I think about it is like, okay, so a lot of the noise, like Elon is dominating the political sphere right now, but we're gearing up for an election uh, in the United States. And I wonder how much of this is, you know, posturing and positioning for that election in a way. I have no idea if there's maybe, you know, because he has openly had meetings with Republican uh, uh, politicians and stuff. I know, like he said, DeSantis, you know, his pick would be DeSantis. So maybe this is like him, I don't know, in his head posturing, who knows what it is. But if we go into the future, 
I think that there's a, a, a the political machine is going to start ramping up, and it's going to be interesting to see how if Elon decides to be vocal about picking sides or or being part of that, or if that you know Trump is running, all these other people are running. The the mainstream media is going to have a lot of 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 things to pull from, and as long as Elon decides to uh, not be part of that discussion or at least not give some sort of fuel for the entire conversation. I really think this is short-term noise. It goes away. And then the media landscape is going to eat something else up, which is going to remove the spotlight from this dynamic. If you throw in the dynamic, uh, if you also throw in the variable of a new CEO coming to town for Twitter and being a different face for the company, and so there's continued data that says Twitter's growing, Twitter is becoming closer and closer, uh, coming closer and closer to cash flow break even. Uh, new feature sets are drawing more and more content creators. There's uh, the the platform is getting better. The divisiveness is kind of dying down a little bit. Uh, I think those are all positives, and that could set the stage for uh, Twitter becoming a shining example of uh, Elon's business capability. Right, like hey, like the dude knows how to build businesses uh, ultimately. Uh, and and this is proof of concept. And then if you take that and you pair it with Tesla, the way I'm thinking about Tesla is, okay, in, in my head, in my head, mm-hmm. Twitter will be a long-term success. Like it's just, I just find it hard to believe that it won't be because I think I have to trust Elon's previous track record. And so within that context, if Twitter's going to continue growing, then theoretically Tesla, well, let's, let's put Tesla completely separately. We have the IRA kicking in in January. Uh, we have uh, from all signs, it seems like we're going into some sort of recession or, or crazy economic time into the next year. But from a financial stability perspective, Tesla is extremely well positioned, 21 billion in cash plus no debt. Uh, again, all these governments uh, drawing up incentives for, 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 for EVs. Uh, you have 2 million plus of production capacity filled. Uh, in, in the case of a recession, you have levers to lower price and to the end consumer. You have margins to eat into. You have margins that you can get from full self-driving, uh, theoretically going live and, and actually becoming, say, you know, f- uh, full uh, f- feature complete and everybody can use it. Uh, you have energy ramping up. So you have all these variables from a business perspective. But the question becomes, is there enough demand globally? for people to buy Tesla cars. And I just find it very hard to believe that there isn't enough demand for them to be fully capacity constrained uh, because of all these things I just outlined and the fact that 97% of the fleet and the entire globe is still gas cars. And Tesla will be launching the Cybertruck next year, which, by the way, part of me says how much of this is a freaking Cybertruck marketing scheme <laughs> in a way that's been going on. Uh, so, But, you know, that's kind of joking, kind of not really. But that's another new product that's coming online. You got the Robotaxi coming on board. So everything, I mean, everything's still, you know, you talked about it at the beginning of the video, like all the fundamentals for Tesla as a business are there. It's just we need data sets that, hopefully prove that the short-term thing that's happening with Tesla and Twitter or Elon and Twitter is inconsequential to Tesla's trajectory for the next say five to 10 years. And once there's confirmation for that and Twitter is actually growing its user base and becoming a dominant social media platform, cool. We're we're back. We're back Mm -hmm. to sort of that, hey, I have strength and I believe and there's no fog and there's no clouds, but that's the optimist in me, right? So I might be completely wrong. How do you, how do you view it? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, the the interesting thing is there's so many possible scenarios because, as head of Twitter, or honestly, not no longer CEO of Twitter, if when he installs a CEO, like what will be Elon's role at Twitter? 
like how often will he tweet politically kind of divisive or controversial things? Um, and what's the impact going to be? And yeah, that's a question mark, you know, um, optimistically, you know, things toned down and, you know, there's another, there's a CEO that's, let's say head of the face of Twitter, um, things change, Twitter does better, et cetera. But, you know, there's always, um, um, this is a, this is an interesting, uh, company. It's not a purely engineering driven company, um, because the product is so nuanced with its like impact and, and the relationship they have with their customers. Um, I think what's like taking a step back though, um, I think that's where it's like, if you look at the short term first and try to go out, the short term is so nebulous and there's so much risk in so many different scenarios. So it's uncertain, but when you take a step back, I think that's when you can get a, a bigger picture and then kind of parse the short term. But the bigger picture, for example, with Tesla is FSD and Optimus are still being worked on very, very hard by some of the best engineers in the world who have the, the best real world data advantage and things aren't slowing down, right? You'd think that with all the news, the bleak news on the economy and stock price and markets and Twitter, all this stuff, you think that FSD, from, just based off of that, you think that FSD development has stopped, you know, no one's working out anymore. No one's coming to the office to work on Optimus, right? Everybody's home. <laughs> exactly, saying, oh my gosh. Like, Everyone's on Twitter, you know, shit posting like everybody. <laughs> exactly, right? All the Optimus engineers are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prosecute um, Fauci, yes, retweet. <laughs> exactly. But the reality is actually the core innovation that you're ultimately going to give uh, Tesla, the, the long-term advantage is still not just being worked on, but I think the lead is actually growing. Um, that's the bigger picture, I think, with Tesla. And then with Twitter, I think the bigger picture is, yeah, is Twitter better off in terms of freedom of speech in, in the hands of Elon Musk versus, you know, its previous, you know, uh, group? And yeah, I think Twitter is better off and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and challenges, but let's say in five or 10 years, you know, yeah, I think Twitter will play, a, have had a, a, an important role in society and a positive role overall. There'll be lots of ups and downs, but I think it's a positive thing overall. So when you look at it from those long-term perspectives, you know, Twitter will be, will be fine, you know, it'll do something good. And Tesla, I think their features is largely dependent on FSD and Optimist, you know, and those yeah. things are going well. Then you work backwards into the short term and you're like, oh, okay. I'm not sure if this drama, this stock price, this economy or whatever will last three months or 12 months or whatever, but it's yeah. not like a 10 year thing, you know? Yeah. Um, if you look back at it, if you look at the 10 year stories, um, it's much more optimistic. So um, that's what I keep on coming back to, you know? It's like, um, and I think it's hard for a lot of people to to be in two, two different um ways of thinking. It's kind of like you have glasses and the glasses are only tuned to one way. Like it either corrects your farsightedness or your nearsightedness. It's like, and um, it's hard to find the right type of glasses where you can seamlessly like go back and forth, right? The different yeah. views, a long-term yeah. and a short-term view. And sometimes I think the short-term events are so triggering and emotionally triggering, especially when it deals with, with, with drama, politics, finance, all this, your money, your assets, so triggering that it's 
sometimes we lose the the long term view as well. But not yeah. to discount the importance of a short term view because that can impact, can change the long term view too. So we need to be cognizant, and because you can't just look at the long term only. Because how do you know it hasn't changed? You know, how do you know the the short term stuff is so significant and so meaningful that it's actually radically changed the outlook of the long term issues, right? So you actually yeah. do need to have both of you. You need to be intimately tuned in to the short term and the long term. That's the challenge. I mean, it's very, very, you know, difficult, I think, um, thing yeah. to do. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. I mean, disruption is extremely uncomfortable. This is a disruption to our investing thesis. <laughs> you know, it's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but that's what disruptions are, you know? The other thing yeah. too is like you think about Tesla's uh, overall arc, there they disrupted a physical player in auto and oil in in a sense, but it's mostly auto that is taking probably two decades from the first vehicle to actually get to a point where this new technology is going to be the dominating force. It's going to take roughly two decades from, say, 2010 to 2030. Uh, but Twitter is disrupting your mind. It's disrupting your eyes. It's, it's not physical. It's very, like, ethereal. It's abstract. But that can change like that. That can change like that. And I think that's what's very fascinating about this Twitter story, too, is that it's very much in the same elk as Tesla versus Legacy Auto, but it's Twitter versus mainstream media. And I think that's a variable in there that's very interesting to observe this whole thing through. And if I'm drawing a parallel as an investor, I'm like, okay, I can see how those two things are sort of in the same ilk. It's just I'm this is a very, you know. I can sit down and look at a balance sheet of Ford, GM, Tesla. I can I can read the innovator's dilemma. I can read your yeah. mega threads on on you know on Tesla Motors Club. But I got what the hell do I look at for this thing now? Like, do I have to look at yeah. you know the history of politics of the history of social media? It's like brand new. What the hell am I? It's like it all feels so new. And I'd love to hear your perspective yeah. from that. Like, what are what are some of the things you're drawing from? And I think I know you mentioned something earlier in the interview, but what where are you drawing some data points to try to navigate through this weird time? Yeah, it's the th okay. So, I mean, it's an interesting point. I think what you're kind of getting at is there's a multidisciplinary aspect of Twitter's business that is different than 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 Tesla's or SpaceX's business. Meaning, Tesla and SpaceX, you can there is a multidisciplinary aspect where, for example, the design and user experience and everything needs to be appealing on the humanity side, but it's largely driven by technology and engineering innovation. On That's Twitter, right. you know, it's it's much more, there's a there's a social phenomenon happening, you know? Psychology. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's psychology, there's, there's politics. And um, I think part of the hidden thing that I think most people might disagree with me and, but I think that it's the thing that, also is one of the keys uh, to understanding it is um, the spirituality and of, of what's going on. And what I mean by those words is when you have such divisive, controversial, important topics like politics, or like, so there are certain things people are willing to die for, right? It's not a mm. lot of things, but when you go into the realms of politics and religion and love, right? You're getting into areas that people are willing to die for. Um, mm. This is this is different, and the reason why they're willing to die for it is not 100% just a logical thing. It goes into deeper, a much a, a deeper paradigm, um, and it it goes into the very essence of what constitutes meaning and identity and spirituality. 
and it goes into very a lot of philosophical questions, and um, that drives a lot of social social needs and social interactions, and um, it drives uh, different things of flows of politics and religion, and this is what societies have been struggling with, have been challenged with, and have been dealing with ever since the inception of people and societies like mm. this stuff has always been with us and you could study it for years and decades and decades and read thousands of books on you know these deeper issues and how they impacted society relationships discourse all this stuff and government too and it's very very um it's a very fascinating thing that i think typically people in technology and from the science realm um typically they they underestimate and they're not exposed to this other realm of the humanity side, which ultimately, if you go deep enough, it all goes down into, you know, politics, religion, spirituality, meaning of life, different philosophical. It's basically philosophy. Existential, just like truly existential at an individual level. Exactly. If you have physics on one end, you have philosophy on the other hand. Physics people will laugh at philosophy saying it's too vague. There's no answers. It's just people doing gibberish, right? Philosophy on one end will look at the, the the physicist, right? Saying you don't think deep enough, you have no meaning because you're not even like asking the bigger questions that thousands of years of of the greatest minds have asked, right? Mm. And so they, you think that they're incompatible, but yet th- I think actually it's 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 I think there's it's two sides of the same river. It's two sides of the same coin. We need both sides, but that's part of you know. The, the thing is, is the, it's hard to hold two sides, two things together, two apparent contradictory approaches and paradigms in the same mind, right? Yeah. Um, yeah um, and that's where Twitter is, is very challenging because it's not just a tech problem. A technologist, I don't think is, yeah, it's not, doesn't have the whole picture. You need a philosophical type of, yeah, sure. deep thinker. Um, that's yeah. so interesting, Dave. I, that's, that's, that's helping me think through like about it and very, very differently. But, but a part of me also says is like, isn't Twitter just figure out how to incentivize creators to come on the platform and just make more money than anywhere else. Like, could that just be the solution to this whole thing? And then just everything gets solved. Just get somebody who figures out how to do that and maximize the chances for diversity of thought to come through. And then the rest of it is, is solved. Like a hundred percent agree with you. But yeah. I also think like maybe like short to medium term, that's that's the salute. Just get people in there, you know. Get Mr. Beast to just make stuff on Twitter. Get, get have it so that he gets paid twenty percent more, literally for every other creator. Make it a, a place that where people want to go to see everything they would ever want, and then start building on that base. Get your wallet in there. Get your RoboTaxi freaking app in there. You know, get yeah. everything else. Make it a, a feature set that ultimately, uh, when you think about eighty percent of the population, I, I view them you know, and myself included, as people that are always doing a cost benefit analysis for their happiness. What is the thing I can do that's going to make me most happy? And if I have to buy something, what's the thing that's going to make bring me the most happiness for the amount of money that I spend, or the amount of attention that I spend. And if Twitter can solve that, that equation, I think it it will be uh, very successful, but it won't solve what you just said, (laughs) which is like, what about the existential nature of being an individual and being a part of something that you feel is really threatening that where you feel like your existential, you are existentially threatened by what's happening, and uh, yeah. that's all Twitter is now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just that it doesn't have anything else going for it. So maybe yeah. if it has other things going for it, you yeah. Know? I mean, you, it's interesting ideas here. So 
Um, you can look at Twitter as either a primarily it's a broadcast medium, right? So you have people who are creating content, whether it's a tweet or something else, tweeting that out and people just consuming that. That's a proven business model. It works like across the board. Um, it's basically the business model of all social media, of all media content, right? It's a broadcast model. Um, so yeah, bringing on more creators, monetizing, making the business stronger, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's definitely a proven way. The, the, the challenge with Twitter is on the reverse side. So you have broadcast out, but what about discussion in? And also how much does the other side, I guess the community, the people, determine kind of like the nature of the content. Um, mm -hmm. So an example is um, people are going to fight. At Twitter, I think it's going to be probably, and this is hypothesis, but next five or 10 years, it's going to, I think, just increase in terms of um, the, how much it's a battleground for political views and beliefs. You see, technology has solved a lot of things, but like, it hasn't solved, and I don't even think it will. I don't. Well, actually, I, 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 I think there is a solution here. I'll explain in a bit. But sure. um, it's made um, like it hasn't bridged the gap between our our ultimate political, religious views, meaning of life questions and issues, right? Um, and because of that, you have divisive forces that want to control the meet the flow of information, which controls thought and then decisions and then ultimately government and society and everything. So um, these forces, extreme forces, understand what's at stake, that Twitter is one of the most important fl information flows that determine everything else down, downstream in the river so of society and life. Therefore, you're going to have mobs of people who are going to report different trends, different tweets, different people. They're going to embellish it. They're going to Docs, not only docs, but like do all these reports, influence, try to get into any type of um, way to influence content moderation, right? And you've seen this. This is what the Twitter files is all about, right? It's, every, it's everyone and anyone who's trying to basically influence the flow of information, right? And of course, it's done, you know, under closed doors, et cetera, and yeah. uh, from suspicious characters. But this is not, I think, going to... This is not a new thing, and it's it's um, it's something that's it's very high stakes. And the question is, um, can Twitter ultimately be a, a a place that can defeat the the extreme mobs that are influencing content moderation by the platform? It's extremely difficult because there are so many nuanced kind of things you say, so many nuanced you know things that mobs will attack and try to you know put down on all this stuff um so that is the question I, I i'm optimistic in a way where i think perhaps ai might be able to play a big role where it could perhaps be more fair but i don't think it's going to be fair enough meaning there's always going to be um some type of foundational value and paradigm that you need to input into AI for it to judge whether or not um, other actions are being kind of um, going against kind of abusive to the system, right? Mm. Um, so for example, um, and this is where I'm optimistic with, with Elon, if he can input into this, for example, 
you know, whatever it is, it's a GPT, you know, seven or something, but he inputs the, the core foundational values that he uh, believes in that is in agreement with the four out of six quadrants, right? So it's freedom of speech. It's, you know, um, personal liberties. It's, you know, um, uh, it's, you know, uh, freedom from government censorship and different things that uh, a set of core values that the four out of six agree upon. He inputs it into AI and AI can use those values. And you, of course you have to feed a bunch of data, but um, to somehow decipher these nuanced cases of how the extreme mobs are trying to change information flow mm. on the platform. If he could do that, then I think, yeah, it could be very positive. Um, but um, and I don't know who else could do that. And that's why I'm actually, I think Elon, I'm not regretful Elon buying Twitter, even though I think it's been a headache for yeah. a lot of people involved. Ultimately, if he, he has, I think the right long-term foundational values for yeah. humanity, I think ultimately he cares about the right things, right? And ultimately he wants to do the right thing. And you can't say that a lot about a lot of people. Like there is surprisingly a, a large amount of people, especially once they get to a certain net worth where it's like, you know, give a person a few billion dollars. What do they do with it? You know, sure there are people who sign <laughs> Yachts, the baby. And all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the idea yeah. is, hey, it's about me first. That's the whole yeah. concept, right? It's about me, my family, about my security. I might give something left over, but ultimately it's about me. Elon has proved himself over and over again. It's not about him first, right? It's about humanity first. Like he's proving it every day. That's the type of person you need to be able to control ultimately the systems, right? The AI systems that moderate and control content in these information systems that determine yeah. ultimately downstream all lot of things that happen in society in the future of humanity. So sure. that's why I think, you know, Elon buying Twitter was, you know, a painful move. It could be extremely painful in the future, but ultimately, like I'm, I'm very, very happy that Elon's in charge and not someone else who inputs into that AI more views, more money. I don't care, you know, like yeah. shareholder, shareholder value. Like those are the values you input into AI. What do you yeah. get? You get like, you kill society. You destroy society. Literally, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think that's a very interesting th way of thinking about it. And, and like where my head went to is like, okay, if, and if there's an AI system that can really do that, and and solve for the four to six quadrants. How will the two quadrants on the edges feel if they they are truly defeated? Because these are the people that want the yeah. most power. And if yeah. the people that want the most power literally can't get the power that they desire, is that when there is some sort of insane event in humanity where these people just let's say the last the last the last attempt to grab this this power? What the hell is that? Is that World War Three? Is that everything, you know, all Tesla cars get blown up? Like, if people want power, if people really, really want power, I feel like they go out of their way to get power. And that's what corruption is. That's what, you know, some of the stuff in the Twitter files, yeah. which is very, like, benign in this context, that's what that is. So it's like, frick, man, like, that seems... Like, I, the, the, the end goal, I think, is very important, but getting there feels like existential it really feels like existential yeah. and you know i was like yeah let's go we're going yeah. 
it was like, ah. <laughs> I can't believe it, right? But it's but it goes back to your philosophical question. Like this is this is sort of like this is the arc of the storyline. It seems like where it's going. But but if really there's a, a place where the most powerful are kept out of the game, what happens? What happens yeah. at that end? Or the ones that want the most power, rather, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's okay. This is it's interesting stuff here. So let's say you take the six quadrants again, right? And um, uh, typically what you could see in, in recent American history is you have the, the extreme one six, right? On the left and the right, they ultimately run things, but they run things like in turn. So, you know, one side, you know, basically captures a two more quadrants closest to them and a tiny bit into maybe another quadrant, but they get enough where they win and then they run things for 48, four or eight years or whatever. And then like, you know, the other side runs this anti-campaign and, and gets their quadrants slightly over and then takes over. And so ultimately you have this ping pong battle every 10 years or whatever, where you have the, the, the one six extremes running things. And the people on the one six extremes, the masterminds who are crafting the strategies and the values, it's, it's questionable at best, like they're, they're intense. And I think sure they could say they have noble intents, but it's, I think misguided. And um, ultimately the idea is not to make society whole and to do the right, the right thing. Like that makes sides. I mean, the, that it's, it's something that's been, I guess, plaguing um, American society and it's many other societies, but this is where, you know, ping-ponging different control from the extreme one extreme to another while society just goes down the down the drain mm. you know and this mm. is why i think a lot of people have a negative view towards the future if you give a poll of young people like what percent of people do you think have like are are, are pessimistic versus optimistic you have more young people say they're pessimistic it's because how can you be optimistic when you have these extremes in society running society to the ground right and they're not doing common sense things like the middle, we like they want common sense progress. They want society like common sense issues solved, progress in society moving forward, right? Mm. Not the government moving things backward. But can the government even make a decision? Like think about it. It's like there's like stalemate until like you know once one yeah. one extreme just takes over more control, right? And they do stuff, and it's just it's just it's ridiculous. So ultimately, yeah. it, how long will society survive with that type of ping pong? you know, extremes running society to the ground. And the solution in, in my view is you need to get that middle, right? The four out of six quadrants on your side and yeah. the, the, the extreme one six on both sides will freak out. They will go crazy and they will do crazy stuff, but you need to be able to, um, you know, take control, you know, in a way where you can mitigate all that stuff. And, um, but the thing is, nobody in society is really having any traction toward that value or toward that vision, you know? Um, yeah. That's the problem. And I think with Twitter and Elon, there's a chance, there's a slight chance, even though right now, I think he might be getting sucked in too much into this, into one side, you know, with some of the, the narratives coming up. It's like, there needs, that the hope is the four out of six built on the foundational values that, you know, that have built society and freedoms and liberties and make society work, get that in power and get things done. We need a government right. that gets things done. If we don't have a government that gets things done, I don't know. I mean, sure, society can go on for a while, but we're talking about, you know, a steady degradation of society. Right. Uh, 
Yeah. So you know what's fascinating about what you're describing too is like is like th- there is this notion that Elon all all his ventures coalesce to this one end vision of colonization of Mars, right? Like there's all this stuff he's working on. He's going to use Earth as beta to figure out how to get there. So what you just described and the Twitter role, hopefully in this solution, uh, one can hope. I mean, that to me sounds like um, a beta version of call it direct democracy or a beta version of how 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 politics should run or how diversity of thought and opinion exists. And imagine yeah. the amount of data <laughs> that's being gathered right now for the future co- colonizers of uh, our, you know, our civilization, and this could be like the the like the beginning, the reference point. It's like okay, yeah. let's go to freaking October twenty six, twenty twenty two, when Elon walked into the building with a freaking sink, and he said, "Let that sink in," and that is the beginning of data points that our future, uh, the future of humanity can go back to and be like, yep, yeah. let's do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then take it from there. It's just like, but again, it's like, it fits into Elon's approach. It's like, it's existential. It's very, very important, but it's very hard to process because of just, again, like you said, it's just, it's, it seems one-sided. It seems yeah. one-sided. It doesn't have that, 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 again, that hug around humanity that says, dude, this is for all of us yeah. uh, instead of one party. Yeah, I mean, my concern, I guess, my concern with things going forward is that um, that rather than having a clear strategy to go in the middle and to extend yes. the middle and then to, so important. To, to, to bring out the foundational values of democracy, rather than that, things get sidetracked with Elon and Twitter where it takes too much of one side. Um, and the concern is that you know, I wonder if, um, you know, Elon has such a strong engineering um, background and experience. His, it's not just political experience that's needed, but again, I think it's deeper on the, on the philosophical um, society, like sociological, there's a very nuanced anthropological side that I don't think um, that's, that's very challenging for Elon's personality um, to to be top 0.1% in ability in order to pull something like this off, you know, to yeah. really know how to, what is the middle? That's a, that's another question. What is the middle nowadays? Like yeah. people are so confused. It's like, you know, it's like crazy. Right. And so it's like political discernment to say, okay, you know, this guy's telling me this, you know, this, all these people are telling me all these things, but yeah. that's not what I'm, that's not, it's not, uh, where I'm, you know, where I need to be, right? That discernment. Right. How does Elon get that? You know, um, that's everyone's middle is so yeah. far away, right? Like, literally, every person's middle is way farther away than they realize because of just this weird conglomeration of humans that we have going on. I think, I think this what this discussion is making it very, very, very clear to me. Like, like you said about steps forward, like. Appoint this the, the new head of of Twitter and master plan. It's so important, master plan, so that people can see the vision yeah. of what this is going to be long term. If it's the everything app, fine, yeah. whatever it is, but just define it, bro. Like, just yeah, tell yeah. us what you're working on very clearly in the same manner as Tesla that inspired such a movement towards these causes and it maximized the chance of your company to get where it, where it is now. Because without that inspiration. I would argue that Tesla probably wouldn't have made it. They were they barely made it. And they had an entire like investing base and a support group pushing it forward, fighting the FUD and all that stuff. Twitter probably needs something similar. But if it feels this existential, 
Yeah, it yeah. probably needs something along those lines. And that's that's what's coming out of this conversation for me. Yeah. So, and, and I yeah. hope he listens to this conversation because I think I think there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of nuggets in here that maybe could be helpful. But in the end, yeah. I don't I, I, I don't know anything. But yeah. it, it just it's such a fascinating discussion. It's such yeah. a fascinating discussion of the times. So yeah. weird. I'm excited to like look back to this video like five years from now and yeah. see like, okay, how many things did we get like completely wrong? And it's like 99%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, ah! But we'll see. I I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how yeah. this ends up. For I sure. think so. One of the issues are, you know, woke mind virus. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's the right. See, here's the thing. Yeah. If you define the problem wrongly, then you're going to get the wrong solution. Yes. If you, need to, you need to understand the problem correctly. And like when it's such a, when it's a term that no one can agree on and like the way I look at it is I understand what Elon is talking about with woke mind virus and I can articulate it and I can make, you know, a, a big case, you know, to tackle it as well. But the issue is I think so-called woke mind virus is one of the things that's coming out of, let's say extreme, one extreme side of society that's having, I think, um, a negative impact on, I think, core foundational values. Um, which do, does negatively impact the future of humanity. I, I agree with that. But it's one of the things, and it's not to the exclusion of some things that are coming out from the other one uh, stream, right? So um, true. And the bigger picture is what's the solution? It's not just to fight against one you know, ideology that's coming out of one side and right. align yourself with the other, the, the opposite one, six extreme, right? <laughs> Trying to fight that. Right. I don't think that's the solution. I think it's, you need to take a bigger picture and saying, hey, we're having these extreme society led by extreme ideologies that are not helpful, that don't have, that aren't grounded in uh, the foundational democratic values that we hold, hold dear and true to our society. Right. And they are undermining the progress of society and actually it's detrimental to the future of society, here's the way we tackle it, right? Uh, We're gonna you know, rebuild this mod the, the middle, the moderate on, on foundational values, restore progress in government and society, right? And make the future optimistic. That's how we're gonna do it. And here are the steps one, two, and three, right? Of this master plan, let's go for it, right? That's, yeah. that's the, the vision, it's not, Let's gang up on this one, you know, particular ideology on this side. And if you're going to do that approach, man, you're just going to, I don't know, that, that's like, that's recipe for- The recipe for disaster. Yeah, for some yeah, crazy A hundred percent. So you're, yeah. you're running for Twitter CEO then is what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like a crazy job. Man. Like my, man. So my wife asked me, it's like, uh, after seeing Lex Friedman's uh, um, uh, in a, a, a discussion with- Elon, where Elon's like, hey, do you want to give all, all your, you know, uh, your net worth into Twitter, right? Um, mm. And I was telling um, my wife is, I don't think, I don't, th I don't think Lex has like a fortune, you know. And the reason sure. is he's young. He's only been doing podcasts, you know. Stuff. It's only been past few years that his podcast has been well. So what, you know, he might have five to ten million. But he's yeah. gonna make that back right away, like in, in the next few years, like several years, because he's young, you know, whatever. Putting his his so-called life savings into Twitter, it's like not a big issue. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll do it because you know it's it's like low opportunity cost, right? So my wife was asking me, Dave, would you put in all your Tesla into Twitter, right? And 
<laughs> it, You're it, like, become what? Tough to see it, right? <laughs> and my wife's like, uh, probably not because it actually means something. It actually, it's like yeah. something we can't recover, you know? And it's something we uh, believe in strongly with Twitter, uh, with, with yeah. Tesla. Um, but on the flip side, actually, to be honest, like I believe in the, in this, it, what's going on so strongly. Like I, I see it so clearly um, in terms of the trajectory of society and what's going on politically, the divisiveness. And I really do think there is a solution. I do see the solution very clearly. I think Twitter can have an immense role in this, you know, by building the foundational values through the, the middle. And there's a way to do it. I, I, I know how you do it. It's like, it, there's, it's, it's very logical if you see the problem clearly, right? right. You can do it. Um, but yeah, that said, I mean, to be honest, I, I might actually... Uh, be willing to put all of my my assets into wow. it, but I don't know if I would be I would do a good job, just because um I don't know if my pain tolerance is as high as is what it might take for the job, you know yeah. I still have young kids I want to see them you know it's like yeah like I have I have a value for sanity in my life you know <laughs> kiss your life goodbye bro completely yeah, like all this stuff yeah. like um yeah. you're 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 talking about you have to really give it all like you really have to sacrifice everything you know like everything uh um and elon's going to demand demand everything you know you sacrifice everything too um who do you think so, it's going to be if you were to guess um i don't know i mean it's going to be someone i think who first and foremost knows has been proven to like um either has been successful running a tech company and has impressed elon um, because, you know, Elon's saying, hey, this is, Twitter's on the path of bankruptcy. Um, this is a huge concern for him. So he needs someone to turn it around. And he's, he's not going to trust someone who doesn't, he doesn't believe that can turn it around. And he doesn't think people, almost anyone can turn it around. He thinks like it's one in a million or one in a billion people. Yeah, I don't know if he know, knows if he thinks there's a person out there on earth who could turn it around, <laughs> right? That's why he's doing it. The second thing is, um, yeah, someone he he trusts. So if it's not someone who has run Twitter, then maybe someone internal, like one of his most trusted folks at Tesla or Twitter or at, at SpaceX, who he completely trusts and knows they execute super well. Um, either that, um, yeah, I don't know. Either if it's not one of those two people and it's someone outsider that he someone tests out, it might be a short-lived CEO period. Because I don't know if if they can meet the expectations Elon has. Um, you know what's interesting? Yeah. You were talking about the AI angle. What about like someone like Karpathy? Yeah, Karpathy doesn't like management. You know, that's true. Like that's true. Managing a thousand yeah, yeah. people, he'll be like, "Oh, yeah. why am I doing this?" Like, you know, I yeah. want to, you know, do yeah. more fun he stuff. Left. He's like, "Bye." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which well, has every right to do, right? Yeah. yeah. It's after a certain like net asset worth, like yeah, I would say after twenty, thirty million, maybe fifty. Like, do you, people, a lot of, most people, it's like the, the, the reasoning is, do I really want to be doing something I don't really like doing? You know what I'm saying? Right, it's like, exactly. Like, what's the point? Um, that's how most people think. And that's why it's hard to find someone who's been successful at starting a company um, yeah. who has, who's, who's, who has enough assets to try to go back into the trenches, you know? Um, they're yeah. asking like, why should I do this? Um, but if they believe in, if they understand society where it's headed and they believe that Twitter can can have a big impact, an existential impact on humanity, 
that should right. be enough, you know? I mean, so hopefully Elon can find the best, the right person for it. And there's got to be a lot of passion, right? It's, it's that passion to really, and it has to come from a place that's raw and pure. And, and it's really, like you said, that those foundational things that, that I think Elon has espoused. Um, I'm sure those people exist. I'm sure there's a thousand yeah. of those people, but they're impossible to find because there's yeah. 8 billion people on planet Earth. And like, where are those folks? Like, how how yeah. do you interview that person? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even I know. Mean, you, you, yeah. you brought up uh, previously, you think Lex Friedman could be a, yeah. a possible candidate. I think, you know, yeah. what's interesting is if you think of him in this discussion, in light of this discussion, so, you know, he might, in terms of kind of raising the moderate, kind of, you know, the yeah. middle, I think, you know, yeah, he's a decent character or person. He's talked to everybody. You yeah, know, he's because, talked to everybody. You know, he can go back and forth. Um, and he's, he under he wants, he sees kind of like, you know, the value of, of the, mo the middle. Um, my question mark though is, it's not just being in the middle, you need this conviction that is existential, that, you know, we, we, we advocate and we, you know, get back to our society where these values can dominate and run society in a way where society can be productive or sure. can make progress, right? And so that's the question with Lex is, is, does he have the clear kind of thinking to know the steps, like the bigger master plan steps, right? Um, yeah. And then the second question is, he's got to be able to execute. The next CEO has to execute at an Elon Musk level or else Elon is not going to be happy with, you know, the performance. And right. that's, that's another tough one. I too. mean, to me, yeah. the, 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 again, I've never met Lex in, in person. Mm -hmm. I, all I, I just view him from his podcast. But the one thing that seems to me that's painfully clear is that he has humanity's best interests in mind. He has a very pure heart. Mm -hmm. He does try to, uh, listen to every single uh, viewpoint. He doesn't demonize. He he's very open to changing his mind. Um, yeah. I think that the execution variable to me, and this is might be a controversial take, that is learned a hundred percent. You can learn how to fire. You can learn how to hire. You can learn yeah. how to technical challenges. But you can't teach morality. You can't yeah. teach a, a good heart, and you can't teach uh, a. Uh, just being wired for pain and for everything that I can see uh, from his, again, this is my word is worth nothing because I never met the guy, yeah. never talked to the guy, but just the way he carries himself and how open he is about, uh, you know, and he is Russian and Russian people seem to like pain. I've met Russians before. They're just always talking about how much Russia sucks and how hard their life was. I'm like, okay, you guys are built <laughs> in a yeah. freaking furnace. Right. So it's like, um, it seems there is an overlap of, 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 uh, soft skills, I'm going to call them that mm -hmm. I think are very complementary to that role, but maybe that's my heart speaking and not my brain speaking because it's like, yeah, but ultimately Twitter is a business and doesn't make sense to have a more seasoned person at the head of it to make sure that it doesn't go bankrupt. But then my part, the other part of me says, Elon's still the owner. This is what he's good at. Like yeah. he's going to, he's going to chip in and help. Nobody's Elon yeah. is Elon. No one else is Elon. So for somebody to walk in and, not be coached up a little bit by Elon, I think is also maybe yeah. part of that, that we're perhaps not paying yeah. attention to or ignoring, but who knows? I, yeah. I, I've never hired anybody at that level. So yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, so, um, I think the, yeah, there's like, okay. I, I think, I mean, who knows what can happen, but like, for example, Jack Dorsey had a so-called pure heart 
but it's like a disaster. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> and 100%. the reason why it's yeah. a disaster <laughs> is because, <Super. laughs> yeah, if you're in the, if you're, if you in the middle a bit and you have, you have the right values in order to be effective, you have to have stronger conviction in those values than the people on the, the, extreme one six, the leaders of the one the the the, the one six on East both sides, you have to have stronger conviction in those values in the middle than those of cr the crazy leaders on both Come sides by. who have amazing conviction. These guys are gonna are dying for their values, right? That's where a guy like Jack Dorsey, I question, I go, fine, you have a nice heart, you 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 want to, you know, appease both sides, you want to play in the middle. But I'm like, you'll get nothing done. You'll destroy, you'll, mm. you'll, you'll just, you'll be a pawn because you can't stand up to with stronger values than the strongest values on both sides of the aisle, right? That's sure. my, that's, that would be my challenge for someone like Alex Friedman is has he articulated and does he have stronger values than let's say the yeah. Alex Jones and these other, and on the, on, then the whoever, you know, Robert Reich and other yeah. people on left and right, like, and lots of very you know strong people. That's the thing that you know I think is 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 tough to find. Um, otherwise, what are you doing? You're just playing around. You're just going to try to appease both sides, and they're just going to use you. You're just sure. you, Twitter is just going to be a platform used by both sides to try to it, manipulate public opinion through information flow because it's too existential, right? That's all Twitter is going to be unless there's a person that comes with stronger values, stronger than the both the extremes. So. Here's the here's the plan. Here's how you do it. My opinion. Okay. <laughs> As Twitter CEO, you walk in there and you say, "Forget policy changes, man. Like it's not it's not the point of the game right now. You know, push it off. Twitter policy changes. Like forget it. That's not the point right now. Like, you know, postpone all that stuff. We're not making policy changes right now, right? Um, push all that stuff off. Um, and you say, sure, we have a value for free speech. We're going to move slowly toward that goal over time. We're not making drastic policy changes, okay? The order of business, the priority is we're going to focus on creators. We're going to court every single influencer in society and cater to them to provide the best experience possible to reach their audience and be the most effective in society. And we're going to provide a way for them to monetize better than any other platform. This is our top priority. Every single Twitter employee is focused on this number one priority. Everything else is second priority. That's what I'm saying, you know, at Twitter. Forget yeah. all these other distractions. Second thing, we're going to focus on value add. Twitter messaging. We're going to make it into the best messaging platform. It's going to beat out WhatsApp and every Facebook Messenger. It's going to, and the way we're going to do it, we're going to encrypt end to end and we're going to get features that other apps don't have. Everyone in the world eventually is going to be using this Messenger feature or app because it's, we have a better vision for it. And we're having a hardcore team launching this, right? Attacking these things. And you do that for a few other features, right? But and that's the whole company. You bet on these big new features. The reality is Twitter as a company, as a feature set right now, it's going to run itself fine for the next couple of years. You don't have to worry about it. The policies that Twitter have right now, they're, they're going to run itself. You know, you make slight small changes. That's fine because you're yeah. in it for the long run. You're in it for the, the long game, right? You understand the long game. So what you do is you focus on what 
on transforming like what Twitter is in terms of a creative platform, in terms of messaging platform, in terms of, and then you start building the, the, the extra things that Elon wants with, with finances and a medium of exchange, all this other stuff. Right. And then you, you build in also along this thing, the long-term um, game, end game, which is you want moderation, content moderation to be fueled or to be um, powered by the foundational values of democracy. Um, that, that our society holds dear. And you start to build the AI tools in order to moderate content based upon those values. And you go all in with that. Like yeah. Twitter needs to go all in with, with AI, with you know lo- large language models, building that understanding. They need to be the best at that. Um, because ultimately the, the, the way Twitter falls is these nuanced, these crazy nuanced things. Like some celebrity tweets out this thing, is it, citing violence or not citing violence is it like you know against the rules or not does he get a seven day suspension or permanent it's like so nuanced right so you need um you need to focus on the long term short term you keep it as as is because it's working somewhat you don't make drastic changes with policy and moderation right you you build these things these in these things in for the long term you gradually move them over right, to these new systems over time yeah. where people don't even notice the policy changes. The best policy changes for Twitter are the ones that people can't even feel, right? right? That's what you need to do. And you need to add value to the platform. That's what you need. All the engineers focused on creating value, creator, creator value, right? Getting creators yeah. on the platform, building tools, messenger, right? Extra financial features, all this stuff. Yeah. AI with content moderation, all policy changes, all outward changes regarding policy is very slow. It's like you're boiling a frog. They don't even notice it because it's so slow, right? right? Ultimately, right. what people notice is the value add in the platform. And ultimately, you build up you know, the, the company, you yeah. build up the middle four, six quadrants, right? Supported by yeah. the foundational democ- democratic values. You're the most dominant social media platform on earth and you've saved the, the direction you know, yeah. of humanity. That's but here's a frustrating, there's the super frustrating part is that I bet you a million dollars they're doing that internally. That communication is not outwards. And instead it's Elon, the individual being the divider. That's the frustrating sure. thing about this whole thing is that it's already happening, but nobody knows it's happening. And I, I, I bet it's already happening because that's how Elon operates, but nobody can see it. No, nobody it, sees it or nobody would, hears it, right? I would argue actually that this, the public policy changes and the drasticness and also commenting on all these stuff. Too much focus? Actually... A distract, not just a distraction, it actually um, works against a lot of what Twitter needs to do long-term if they had a, a true long-term master plan. Okay. Because right? you're dividing your focus. Why are you wasting time right, on, on these drastic policy changes and whatever when you don't need to do that right now? You need to do, that's it. Yeah. It's just, it's a loss. You're of, saying that that action, that specific action right there right. is proof that there isn't that, yeah. that focus, that exactly. hardcore. Fo- okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. And, and then of course, Elon, the individual coming out and saying what he does, regardless of how he views himself as I am Elon, the individual and not head of Twitter. It is just adding so much fuel to the fire on top of that, that it almost nullifies exactly what you just described, which is like the direction of the thing. I'm yeah. Sorry to cut you I off. mean, yeah. and a bigger, bigger concern is, does Elon have a master plan, right? Does he have a clear plan for it? I mean, is he just winging this stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, that's a concern, you know? If, it, if he's just winging this stuff, it's like, um, yeah, you're spending 44 billion bucks to wing it. I mean, okay, I understand that you're, you're willing to take the risk and you understand the importance, right, of 
the future society. But yeah. I just hope that, you know, someone in Twitter or someone close to Elon should lay out, you know, something to at least to give him some input. I hope actually someone takes this video and, and, and lays it and Cause I think if, if someone has a better plan, better articulated yeah. master plan for Twitter, please, I want to hear it, you know, and let's, <laughs> let's share it with Elon. Like he needs to at least be exposed to more stuff, right? He can't yeah. just think of things from thin air, right? He needs to be exposed. So yeah, if you have a right. better plan, please, please share it, you know, yeah. um, otherwise let's get some good articulate long-term master plans out to Elon so he can have something, you know, to, to execute off of, or if yeah. he has a long-term master plan for Twitter, Let's have him share it, you know? Let's have right. him articulate it so we can all get behind it, right? Because I think he 100%. has the right motives. He's got the right values, right? We want to see some good things happening. Yeah. yeah. I like I like Passionate Dave a lot, bro. Where's where's this Passionate Dave been? It's coming out party. I like it. No, seriously. I mean, I think uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think what you're espousing, you're espousing a lot of the passion and maybe a little bit of frustration and and a lot of the like the vagueness of what's happening right now with twitter for a lot of the community honestly and i um i think a lot of people hear you for sure uh with with your message yeah. like a lot of people and that just yeah. the question becomes what's elon going to do with it is yeah. he going to do anything with it yeah and again what i'm saying is the mission is of Twitter is important. Why Elon yeah. bought it? Fine, yes. Let's preserve free speech. Let's preserve democracy. The future of humanity. We need humanity to be in a good place. I I love it. You know, I'm in I'm in favor actually of Elon purchasing Twitter. I want it to be in his hands under that type of those values, right? And a person who can who's concerned about the future of humanity over their own personal preservation, right? So yeah. I, I like that. The thing that I don't like is the haphazard execution. Right and the lack of clear communication of exactly what's happening, what they're doing, and the confusion that it's stirring amongst people, you know, like in different crowds, right? Who really knows what's happening with Twitter, like where right. it's headed, like what they're really doing? I mean, yeah, I, I think they need to get it together, man. This is yeah. this is ridiculous, you know. I couldn't agree um, more. I mean, and yeah. I think I think the parallel I draw is that this is how the sausage is made. Like when I worked at Tesla, this reminds me very much of the outward viewing thing that the public is seeing. Everybody's seeing how the sausage is being made of Twitter, but like, but we're not really seeing to your point. What is what's the point? Like, where is this all going to? Like, you you know, going on a space and saying, you know, we're gonna make mistakes. You know, it's not gonna be perfect. We're gonna make mistakes. Okay, cool. But like these magnitude of perceived mistakes and what's happening right now, unless you have a way to refocus back to this is why we're doing it, it's super hard to ignore or to just yeah. excuse by the majority of the population. And uh, but that's what it reminds me of. Like to me, I've seen this before. I, I saw this every day when I worked at Tesla. Yeah. But now everybody gets to see it, and everybody's like, "What the hell is going on?" It was like, "Well, this is what innovation looks like." Like I don't know how else to make innovation happen, but at the same time. Uh, we had a core principle. We had a master plan we could relate back to. We had leadership that said, "Hey, this is what we're focused on. This is where we're going to go." And and you know, let's let's make sure that we're going to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to look like a dummy from time to time. Let's just push as hard as humanly possible. But when you're doing this for the public, who nobody has signed up, you know, nobody went through the interview process to become a Twitter user. 
I went mm-hmm. through an interview process to be a Tesla employee and I was bought into that culture. Mm-hmm. Now they're, uh, I don't want to say they're forcing the culture on the public, but they're just mm-hmm. outwardly projecting the culture of how it should be. And people are like, what the hell, brother? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't sign up for it. So yeah. I think that's another dynamic too that's making this very, very difficult. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if uh, articulate plan goal was, was, was communicated, you know, saying this is what, here's the problem, here's the way we're going to do it, and here are our next steps. I think people yeah. get behind it, you know? Um, I agree. Especially yeah, if it's it was, existential and it like resonates yeah. with that with that middle four. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. I'm going to give an offer to those listening. If there's anyone out there who's like really resonates with some of the stuff and wants to try to get it to Elon in a easy to digest fashion, I think it could make a difference. So what my suggestion is, is um, if you could, um, I would say DM me, but are your DMs open, Farzad? They are in Twitter, yeah. They are, okay. Okay. I was thinking about closing them, but <laughs> they <Okay>. are open. <laughs> Maybe, okay, let me know if you're okay. Are you okay with getting some DMs from people who really- Of course. Want to okay, yeah. here's, I was gonna say DM me, but the problem with me is I'm like, um, right in the middle of this crazy uh, app development, developing a language learning app where I'm doing like crazy, just like all day focused on designing and communicating with my team and all this stuff. So it's a little yeah, yeah. bit Send them to me. tough, but here's what we could do. If Farzad, if you're open to getting some DMs, if there are some people who are super, super passionate, but very, very gifted in communicating too, right? So you know you're an excellent writer, you can get ideas down, then DM Farzad. And what I want... What I want to see is let's make a two-page document. Start with a Google Doc where maybe a few people can collaborate and actually lay out you know, a master plan for Twitter, a, a proposed master plan for Twitter. Lay it out in a very logical format. Right? Here's the problem where society is headed. Here's the role that Twitter is, is exacerbating right? in society. Here's the, the, the way... You know, out. Here's the long-term steps we're going to take, and here's what Twitter needs to focus on right now: one, two, and three. And regarding policy changes, we should have a very slow approach. It should be a lower, you know, just lay all the stuff out. Like for example, I just described in this video, but lay it out in a super like easy to follow outline format. Max two pages in Google Doc, right? Lay it out, and let's get it to Elon somehow. You know, let's tweet it out. Let's um, um, get a, a really solid you know, plan. And maybe it can actually give some, it might not be the exact plan that Elon follows, right? Because he'll have other ways of input, but it could be something that helps shape, right? Um, a redrafting of ideas of, of what he's thinking for, for Twitter. So if you're interested, go ahead, um, DM Farzad. And then if there are more than a few people, then maybe you could have a few Google Docs, separate them into different teams and have them work independently and see who comes up with the best document, sure. right? Uh, to share yeah. and then once it's uh once it's done we'll go ahead and yeah uh share it tweet it out and um yeah maybe we'll have another video where we just go over the document and then i would love that. i was just out. thinking of that it's like maybe maybe there's like a review process or like yeah, uh, yeah. We, we sit down and we're like hey this one makes the most sense or yeah. these are the top two three candidates what does the what does the viewership think or something like yeah. that we can crowdsource it and, and take it from there yeah at farziness at f-a-r-z-y n-e-s-s okay um Wait, one more time at F A R Z Y. Okay. Uh, N E S S. Okay. At Farziness. 
Yeah. Got it. I'll go ahead and try to add that in the video description below. And um, yeah. yeah, let's uh, crowdsource some, let's some do action. It. Look at this. And, 2022, um, baby. Yeah. What a year we live in. <laughs> Trying to yeah, freaking yeah. fix Twitter for Elon. Just kidding. Yeah, we we, we got <laughs> to help create the future that we want. Um, That's right. I love that. Yeah. I love that yeah. so much. Yeah. All right, Farza, thanks for chatting. Um, yeah, it's fun diving into all these issues. You ended up, you successfully brought out um, the, the passionate Dave. <laughs> <laughs> my God, I love it. <laughs> um, I, liked, I like all yeah. Dave's, but this one holds a special place in my heart. No, seriously, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. I think, yeah, yeah. I think this is a very co important conversation, not just for Twitter, but people following the story. I think I hear frustration. I hear concern. I hear confusion. And I think ultimately, if we can somehow help folks navigate through this, I feel like I'm helping. And so I'm, I'm honored that you uh, brought me on your channel to uh, think through this. So thank you very much. No problem. All right. Farza, take care, man. We'll see you. Take care, everybody. All right. See you.